Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Matt. So now the bills are up to 63 players. And as I remind people on way to go, as I remind people all the time, they bring 90 to camp. Now there is a long way to go, but let's remember they're scheduled for six draft picks. Okay. That'll bring you to a nice number of 69. And then after that, they usually have about (laughs) nine undrafted free agents or so. All right. So that would take you to about 78. There's a room for about 10 to 12 more free agents to add, but the spots are filling up quickly. So where do they still have to do some work? I find it super interesting. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. If you take a look at all of the players they brought into the organization from the outside, this free agent period, and then and just kind of took, a, took stock in all of them together. I'm not talking about guys they resigned, just guys they brought in from the outside. Matt, every single one of them plays offense. Not one player plays defense. Is this an effort to plug holes in free agency and offense steer towards the draft and steer towards the defense and draft. Maybe, but I think that there needed to be more work done to the offense moving forward. And I hope that this doesn't mean that they're going all in on their defense in the draft. I still think that you should be using your first round pick, your second round pick, your third round pick. It doesn't have to be all of them, but I think two of the three should be on offensive side, like offensive players. I know it's not the sexiest thing in the world, but I would have no issues with them drafting offensive linemen early because I feel like that's a space that they've kind of ignored for a little while. Like, yeah, you spent a third round pick on Spencer Brown a couple of years ago, but Mitch Morris was a free agent. Deion Dawkins was a second round pick, but that was a while ago. So I don't even think Deion Dawkins was a Brandon Bean pick. That was a Doug Whaley pick, right? That was 2017. Correct. So, I mean, the track record for being with offensive linemen, is a little strange because like Cody Ford, that didn't work out, but Wyatt Teller did, but then they traded him. So that's a weird one. Um, Spencer Brown, I think still too early. Jack Anderson was signed off of their practice squad by another team. Um, Tommy Doyle. We don't know how that one's going to play out yet after his ACL injury last year. So this team hasn't had a ton of success drafting offensive linemen, at least recently. So that's why I think like it's a really important position. You need to keep your players protected, especially Josh Allen. Now that he's getting paid almost double of what he made last year. And I love still the idea of wide receiver early in the first round or in the second round. So to me, I very much see your point, but I think this next wave of free agents, even though they don't have a lot of money left, should just be finding veteran guys who they can plug into those holes as backups for, you know, you need another safety because you don't know exactly what's going on with Demar Hamlin. Go find somebody like Jaquan Johnson, who you can just put on your team for a pretty cheap contract. You need somebody who's going to be another, your fifth cornerback. 
go find somebody who's done it before and just basically have them there. I still believe tight end could very well be in play as well, by the way. I think mm-hmm. tight end, you know, there's some good tight ends at the top of the draft. Brandon Bean was on Eric Woods podcast right before the combine. And he mentioned like wanting to add to the tight end group and be more versatile there. And they haven't done that. So when's that coming? Like to me, that could very well be play in play in the draft and look what they've done over the last few years by bringing in OJ Howard, bringing in Jacob Hollister, bringing in Tyler Croft. They were very interested in drafting TJ Hawkinson who went one pick before Ed Oliver. So I think maybe tight end could be a spot where they look, but then I look and say, what does it look like at middle linebacker? We talked last episode about the internal competition there between Dodson and Bernard inspector. Is there someone is Jack Campbell available? Is there a linebacker they go with early on in the draft, a sneaky play. This is not sexy. I don't want anybody to get mad at me, but I'm just going to bring it up. I'm starting to think defensive tackle could come into play, Matt. Well, I know they have know. three I players agree. going into their final year of their contract. Okay. One of them Ed Oliver has not done enough to deserve a extension. I don't think they want to do that. And I don't, I mean, a year from now, are you confident at Oliver's on the team? I'm not a year from now, right? Then you have Tim Settle, who was a bit underwhelming and got one year left. And then you have Daquan Jones got one year left, who was very good. But when he was out, oh my God, you had a lot of work to do. So what does that tell me? Maybe, just maybe defensive tackle comes into play here. I don't disagree with you. And I do think that there's some chance that they use, you know, a day one or a day two pick on a defensive tackle. But if it were me, I would use that early round pick on somebody offensively. And I would say, Hey, Jordan Phillips, what do you want for a year to come back and just kind of round out the idea. round, round out the group. Probably is not going to cost you a ton of money. Maybe you go and find somebody else who's, you know, somebody who you can plug and play for a while. I mean, didn't Ryan Talbot put out there Puna Ford was somebody that they were potentially interested in or that they had interest in. So shout out Talbot from New York upstate. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that it's a need, but I don't think it's their biggest need. It's also not just for the draft. It could be free agency too. I think that there are spots here. Like you said, I think Jordan Phillips is a great name to bring up, like bring him back. I think that'd be a nice signing for them. Probably does not going to command a lot in the open market, especially after the injuries he had last year. So that could be something they do. Shaq Lawson on the defensive line is another area where he is still a free agent. He's unsigned. Maybe that's somebody they bring back, but there is some work to do. I think it's interesting though. All five players they've signed in this free agency period have been on offense. Now they did sign Zane Anderson, a safety when the season ended, he was off the Kansas city practice squad, but not counting him right now. All right. You had some questions that people tweeted you when you asked to give us some questions here on the uh, podcast as we're going to about to record. All right. This one's from bill favorite Western New York foods. Sal. Oh, come on. Pizza and wings, right? By the way. Okay. So let me ask you this. I'm not getting to a blue cheese uh, ranch debate. Are you a blue cheese guy though? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But I, but I also like ranch. Like I, okay, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get ranch with wings, but I like ranch. I won't dip my wings in ranch, but the reason I'm asking you is, so you grew up here in Buffalo, you have yep. pizza and wings and you dip your wings in blue cheese. Well, because of that, I acquired a taste for pizza and blue cheese. So I dip my oh, yeah. in blue cheese as well. Is that normal? You do. That. Um, I think in Buffalo, that's normal. Okay. I know a lot of people that do that. Yep. My, my wife, actually her first meal out of the hospital, she wanted pizza. She was like craving oh, pizza oh, and every thing. time like the pregnancy became like harder and the pain became more, you know, insufferable. She would be like, this adds another pizza. This adds another pizza. So by the time, you know, we had the baby, she was up to like 70 pizzas. So we got one when she got out, but I think I still owe her like 70 more or something for everything that she went through. But yeah, no pizza and wings is a good answer, but 
you know, don't sleep on the Italian food here. There oh, are some, I agree. Um, I mean, obviously you've got Capaccio here and yeah. I'm Italian too. So like, you know, we pride ourselves on good Italian food. There's so many good options in Western New York. For sure. And um, so what do you say? Buffalo foods? Oh, I have to go pizza and wings and the traditional Buffalo foods, but I agree. Lots of great Italian restaurants. Hmm. All right. Here's a good one. This is from Chris. What would be a logical trade that you would make for the bills? It's got to make sense. Obviously salary cap wise, fill a need, all that kind of stuff. Is there anything you can think of? Yes. And this has not been a unique thought. I've thought about it. Others have thought about it. A logical trade for me would be to shed Ed Oliver's $10 million salary trade for a guy like Deandre Hopkins, rework his salary to around $10 million this year. It's a wash. I know he's what 30, 31 now, but I think he can still play. And I think that you could do it with basically the same money for this year and rework his contract. You're going to pay a little bit down the road. I get it. It's a little risky there. Maybe I don't know how the draft pick compensation, like I'm not going to pretend I would know who would need more in the trade and how much, like I'm sure maybe Arizona would for something like that, like give an extra pick or something. But I think that would make sense. Yeah. For me, I'm also sticking with a wide receiver just because I like the additions they've made, but I don't think they should be completely done. I don't think this player is even available. I just love the idea of just making a phone call on Cooper cup because they're already clear in house over there at the Rams. Like I've heard they're taking calls on Stafford. Obviously they just traded Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner getting released. Like it feels like they are looking to the future. What's the mean for them tanking? Like everybody says like, you know, suck for this guy or tank for Tua, whatever. What it's Caleb Williams. I mean, I agree with him. I think they're tanking. He's playing in their own backyard. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Like you don't win for Williams. Maybe something like that. Uh, I don't, I don't know what the catchy phrase is. I'm sure they've probably got that figured out, but also the money, I I don't know how you make the money work. You can probably figure out something, but my goodness, wouldn't that be incredible if they could just add Cooper? Like, how do you stop an offense? That's got (laughs) Stefan Diggs and Cooper cup and Josh Allen, you know, by the way, (laughs) that would be amazing. Um, I don't know. Trade. There there was another, uh, who else? At one point I thought, you know, could you pry Mike Evans away from Tampa? That would be something I could look into, but I agree with you that the Rams are doing that, but man, Cooper cup and Aaron Donald, I, I would think are almost untouchable. Right. But who knows if a team is tanking and you know, we'll see where they go. I think I saw three players. I think they, I think I saw a report that was like, they're listening to trades on everybody, but, and it was Aaron Donald's Cooper cup. And then there was a third one, but the third one wasn't Matthew Stafford. So I don't exactly remember who it was, but yeah, I mean, who the heck knows? All right. This one is from Scott. Do you see a Hopkins or Judy trade happening? Kind of feels natural to ask the Hopkins question after what we just talked about. Now the Jerry Judy stuff is interesting yeah. because according to some of the reports out there, it looks like the Broncos are asking for a first round pick for Jerry Judy. I don't think that that means like you're absolutely not interested. I just wonder for the bills, is it worth trading a first round pick for a player who hasn't necessarily lived up to the expectations of where he was drafted for somebody who you really only have under an affordable contract for two seasons. You're basically trading a first round pick for two years of Jerry Judy. Well, one year and then a fifth year option, right? Not even did they pick up the, they don't even have, they can't pick up the fifth year option. He wasn't a first. Oh, he was, he was, he was a first round pick. He I think was, he was like the 15th, 15th overall or something like that. Yeah, uh, did they 15th overall? Good, good call. Did they pick up the fifth year option? I have to look on that because they would have had to by now. I'm looking at over the cap and there's only listed for one more year, but your point is right. At some point you'd have to pay him anyway. Right. I mean, right. at some point soon you have to pay him. Um, yeah, I believe they did. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the point. So he's under contract. You could have him for two more years. That's fine. 
I think a I think a first round pick is a hefty price for him. I do. I think I first round picks. I mean, you're getting a rookie on a four year rookie contract that can really help you somewhere. But I do love the idea of Jerry Judy in this offense. I really do. Yeah, I agree. I think that if it wasn't a first round pick, you would do the deal in a heartbeat. If it was a second round pick and something, then you're saying yes to that immediately. But you know, he's still a really young player. I mean, Jerry Judy is probably what. 24 years old, 25 years old. Let's look it up. Jerry Judy's 23, 23 years old. Yeah. This will be a year 24 years, age 24 season. This will be. Mm. So that's interesting. I mean, I really like the player. Just don't know if it's feasible. And then Deandre Hopkins is the other interesting one. No brainer, but I feel like every team is probably out there having a conversation of, Oh, we should add Deandre Hopkins. I see it with the Patriots all the time. I've seen it with, you know, the chiefs I've seen it with all these other teams. So yeah, I think it makes sense for any team that is willing to, or that can add that salary onto their contract into their salary cap. Got any more? Uh, I'm trying to find a good one to end on. Let's see. Did you get a good dad joke? That's from Peter. What's your best dad joke? I always have good dad jokes. I have actually a box that has good dad jokes, but I forget all the dad jokes that I say. I, we have a box. Max got me dad jokes for Christmas in a box. So like in the morning, I just pick one out and I say a good dad joke. And some of them are like tough to figure out, but then some are really funny. So no, I don't know. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I always say something and Max goes, dad, that's a dad joke. You're going to have have to get, I'm going to have to get better at dad jokes as we move along here. I mean, I'm not going to have to do it for years. I mean, she's seven days old right now. So I don't think I'm going to need to know any good dad jokes for like, six, seven, eight years, something like that. But I'll get there at some point. I'm, be, dad jokes fit my personality pretty well. Hey, you'll be fine. Um, all right. Let me ask you real quick. I love asking you a good Sabres question to wrap it up. Devin Levi's now finally signed. He's here. We don't mm-hmm. have anything to worry about. Um, what do you expect from him for the rest of the year? And what day, what game do you think he will make his debut? I was hoping maybe this week, my brother's coming in from Oregon. We're going to the game Friday night against the devils. I think that might be ambitious, but next week they do play the Canadians on Monday night at home. I think at the last episode of the podcast, I said you could maybe circle the Canadian. I think I said that because I was like, you don't want, I was like, I don't think you want to put him out there against a team that could possibly just like, I don't think you play. I don't think you play him on Friday. It, I th- I think it's Friday against the Devils or it's Monday against the Canadians. I don't think it's on Saturday against the Islanders just because there's still like, you know, a 2% chance that you make the playoffs and that's the team that you're going against on the road. I don't think you put them in that setting. The only thing about the Islanders is they're a really good team, but they're not. They're actually, they're not a really good team. They're a good team and it's not because of their offense. I don't think the Islanders have the capability of putting up like five or six goals at any given night. So at the same time, like, listen, I think the whole, like, you got to protect them. You got to put them in the right situation. I think that's all overblown. I don't really think that matters, but I do think that you need to get acclimated with a new group. And I think that the Canadians make sense because it does give you some time to get acclimated. It's a game at home. Obviously there's the, his personal connection there to being from Quebec. And then, you know, it is still, it is, you know, there's enough time where you could get right. I bet he gets four games 
from here until the end of the year. That's my guess. And it is Four or great, five games. It is a great story. I mean, would you worry that it's, it is his, it is his kind of hometown team. He grew up idolizing Carey Price. You know, you, you know, it's a lot of pressure. They're like, Oh my God, my first games against the Canadians, right? Like it's like some kid growing up in Buffalo and he's this phenom and like, yeah, first game is going to be against the bills. Right. I mean, um, you know, it is something, it is a great story. I wonder how much of that would come into play, but I'm excited for him. I did not think he would play games in any sort of playoff race, but even if they're in a playoff race, he's going to play games. I think that's, uh, that's set now, no matter what, he's going to play games, no matter where they are, the standings. I don't know if he's going to be a good NHL goalie. And if he is, it's going to probably take a little bit of time, but he's going to be as good as what they've had. I mean, Craig Anderson is good. Like for his age, Craig Anderson has by far exceeded expectations, but I have been incredibly underwhelmed with Lukanen and with Comrie. And I think that is the biggest reason this is, you know, this is a little bit of a take. I think with average NHL goaltending, the Sabres would have been a playoff team this year, but they did not get average NHL goaltending almost at any point. And the counter argument to that is, yeah, but the defense, like the defense is bad. We have not, this is the first podcast we've done since they played the Bruins on Sunday afternoon. If you flipped goalies in that game, the Sabres win the game. Like they, they did it like it's, and that's a backup goalie. That's not like saying he's Swing a it. very, very good backup goalie, but it's still a backup goalie. So I just, it's the biggest thing holding them back. Yeah. They make defensive mistakes, but good goalies cover those up. Like it, it happens every single game all the time. Even the best teams have defensive lapses, but they get away with it because their goalies make timely saves. The Sabres almost never get those timely saves ever. You just made me think about that game Sunday. I was there in the building, all those Bruins fans, 15 seconds in seven, nothing. It was disgusting. I hated it. So let's talk about something more positive. I am headed out to the NFL league meetings, otherwise known as the owners meetings yeah. um, this weekend. They're in Phoenix, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next week, essentially. So, Hey, maybe we'll do a pod from there, but a lot of stuff on the owners yeah. uh, meetings table that they'll be discussing, including rules changes, Matt. So we'll get into mm-hmm. that maybe on the next episode. That sounds pretty good, buddy. Yeah, I'm sorry you drew the short straw and you have to go out to Arizona for the owners meetings. I would be joining you if I wasn't, you know, newly a father. The owners yes. meetings is a really the owners meetings is a really cool event to cover from a media standpoint. Yeah. Like, I love the owners meetings. Um last year was Florida. It alternates Florida and Arizona every year, right? Back forth, back forth. That is correct. These do, the ones in March. They do have a couple throughout the year, but the ones in March alternate, like you said, from Florida to Arizona. And sometimes they're in like Palm Beach, sometimes they're in Orlando but usually generally only in Phoenix when they're in Arizona. So I'll be out there and uh, maybe I'll play around and, um, you know, think about you while I'm doing it, pal. I, I appreciate that. Uh, the nicest hotel I think I've ever seen was the owners meetings last year. I can't think of what the name of the hotel was. You remember you were there. Oh, uh, the one in Palm beach. Yeah. The one in what in Palm. Ah, uh, what was yeah, it? Now I can't think of it. Oh, the breakers, the breakers. The breakers. Was the name of the well, hotel. Listen, the one here in Arizona is called the Biltmore. Phoenix. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, that's also, I, by the way, I'm not staying at the Biltmore. No, I did not stay at the Breakers either. <laughs> no, I. Che- I think I remember checking last year, just like out of curiosity, what a room would cost. There uh-huh. wasn't anything available during the owners' meetings, but I think yeah. I just checked like a random like Monday and Tuesday, and it was several thousand dollars, several thousand dollars a night for just like the middle of the week, and I was just like. Oh my good. You, you get reminded of how big of a business and how much money the NFL has when you go to an event like that. Well, I'll be out there next week. So we'll talk to you and probably do a pod from the owners meetings out in Arizona. All right, Matt, you have a great rest of your week. Go get some sleep again, pal. Will you? I probably won't, but that's okay. You know, it's just, that's just what happens right now. I wouldn't trade it for the world.